welcome to the podcast this week. The podcast called Crime Culture. That's us. We're crime culture, collectively. Individually, oh. we are. Who are you? I was going to say, are we starting with me? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, alphabetically, by first name and by last name, you come first. Okay, fine. So, my name I, is that's Haley. why I was confused. I'm sorry, go ahead. My name is Haley. Your name is Haley. My name is Caitlin. And we are collectively, again, crime culture. The artists formerly known as crime culture. The artists formerly known as a different podcast. But if you want that information, you'll have to join oh, our Patreon. You do. That one's a hoot. That's a fun story. <laughs> yeah. That's one for the ages. Yeah. So if you want that backstory, you should join our Patreon. And all you the should. links are to everything. We're going to start with the links, right? Go yeah. find our links. Yeah, let's go. Let's start with the links. So our website is crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com. That's it. Had to think about it for a sec, but I got there. <laughs> um, all of our social media can be found on there. On Instagram, we are crimeculturepod or at crimeculturepod. At crimeculturepodcast. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Crimeculturepod right. on Twitter. One for two, Crime Culture Pod on Twitter, crimeculturepod mm-hmm. at gmail.com if you want to yep. send us any emails. We are just, if you look up Crime Culture Podcast, it'll come up for Facebook. Um, everything that you need is in our link trees, in our bios slash about page. Yep. And if you want to review us, you can do that on iTunes. Um, it really helps us if you do we've gotten a few and we really appreciate it and like honestly when people say that it helps it really truly helps and i know we have a lot of uh android users myself being one of them so you definitely have a friend that has an iphone so like have them review us under hold them at gunpoint create your own true crime yeah live in an immersive experience it's true it is. It is. Girl, you know it's true. Yeah. We have a little bit of a shorter episode today. That's why we're doing all of our weird plugs at the beginning. Oh, I just went with it. I didn't realize that was why. <laughs> um, I was like, oh, okay, we're trying something new. Yeah. So the episode, it's a little bit shorter because it's a much older case and there's not a ton of information about it that I could find at least. Um, okay. But... It was very, it's very interesting nonetheless, and um, this case hails from- Wait, what? What? What did you say? I said it's very interesting nonetheless. Oh, I thought you said it's more interesting than the last, as in the last episode, the one that I did. No, I would never say that about you. Um, (laughs) what? Expecting, excuse me? Yeah. I thought it was really interesting. Um, This episode hails from Germany. And if I'm looking at our stats correctly, it looks like Germany is our seventh most listened to country. Oh, so hey, that's Germany, right? Yeah. And they're just they're going to listen to me murder their language. Just destroy it. Uh, We spent about, uh, I would say, like 10, 15 minutes before this episode, (laughs) making sure like we had the bulk of the pronunciations correctly. Yeah, um, but I don't speak German, so and we looked up. Hold on, I gotta listen to it again. 
Es tut mir leid, ich spreche kein Deutsch. That means, I'm sorry, I don't speak German. So. That's better than I can do. Yeah. So here is the story. We are talking about the Hinterkaifeck farm murders. Hinterkaifeck. Hinterkaifeck. I really should, I really should stop. Okay. When you ahead. listen to like the Google Translate, it she does it kind of like a she has like a weird inflection. So some of the inflections that. of this might be off. No, I can believe that. Regardless. Irregardless. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Hinterkaifeck was a small farmstead situated between the Bavarian towns of Ingolstadt and Schrobenhausen. And it's a little over 40 miles north of Munich in Germany, so kind of getting your bearings okay. around. Uh, the home's occupants were parents Andreas Gruber and Kazelia, I think is how you say it. Uh, their widowed daughter, Victoria Gabriel. Victoria's uh, children. Don't you mean. Don't you Vi- mean. Victoria? Victoria? Elliot, Elliot said everything yeah. that is V's is W's and W's are V's. And Haley said she wasn't going to do that with Victoria. And I said I was going to do it for her. Good. Well, Victoria Gabriel and her children, uh, Kazelia, I guess, Junior, named it after her mother, and okay. Yosef. And um, who else lived there was the maid Maria Bumgardner. Okay. So, here's, we're getting into the crime. Strange things started happening in and around the Hinterkaifeck farm in the days before uh, the attack. Six months before, the family maid quit, and she quit because she claimed that she had heard some strange sounds in the house and thought it was haunted. Nope. Which, yeah, I would quit, too. I, yep. I'm, not, I'm not fucking with any haunted houses here. Not, not here for it. No. Andreas Gruber, the father, found a strange newspaper from Munich on the property in March that he couldn't remember buying and initially believed that the postman had lost the newspaper. It was later discovered that no one in the area even subscribed to that newspaper, so it just showed up out of nowhere Uh, on your kitchen table? No, no thanks. No thanks. No thanks. Uh, Just days before the murders, uh, Gruber told neighbors that he found tracks in the fresh snow that led from the forest to Hinterkaifeck, but not back. Horrifying. Literally Mm. a horror movie beginning. Yeah, not here for it. Yes, footsteps go up to your house, but they don't leave. Creepy. That's called a reason to move. Yeah. So around the same time, one of the family's house keys went missing. They also repeatedly saw a man with a mustache around, which that is the number one thing that I would just be like, there's a random guy with a mustache just hanging around your farm. Like a farmstead is like uh, like a piece of property with a, uh, a main house, a barn and like a bunch of different like outbuildings on it. So there's okay. just some rando hanging around where you live. Maybe it's WB Mason. I don't think i would i wouldn't want wb mason hanging out either yeah but who but wb mason stop it (laughs) um Um, how much do you hate me i hate you the most all right uh this is even creepier during the night they heard footsteps in the attic i take it that it wasn't one of them in the attic no andreas gruber found no evidence of anyone being up there when he searched the building though 
Yeah, that seems like a good time to move. It w- yeah. So, although he told several people about the alleged observations, he refused to accept help, and uh, details went unreported to the police. So that's, good. that's, I would say, strike number two. Strike number one is you hear somebody in the attic, and you see footsteps that lead to your house but not away, and... Uh, and like that's creepy enough, but strike two is you don't report anything to the police. Yeah, like you have a you have children living there. Like, uh, who is it? Kazelia, the the daughter, she is seven, and Yosef is two. Oh no, little Yosef. Yeah, so these are little kids living there. So any strangeness that I would see on the property, I'd just be like, yeah, fuck that. Yeah, I'd um. Move. So, according to a school friend of seven-year-old Kazelia, the uh, girl reported that her mother, Victoria, had left the farm the night before the attack after a big fight and only hours later um, had been found in the forest. Creepy. I also don't know if I want to live in a house that's surrounded by forest. It seems sinister. It seems like a place where no one can hear you scream. And while there are some benefits to that, for the most part, it's a big no. Yeah, I would say, nah, nah, thanks. The pros do not outweigh the cons. No. Um, on the afternoon of March 31st, 1922, it was a Friday, the new maid, Maria Bumgardner, arrived at the farm. Her sister had escorted her there and left the farm after a short stay, and she was most likely the last person to see everyone in the family alive. A few oh. hours later, yeah, this was, by the way, this was the maid's first day. Her oh. first day. Yeah. which fantastic i would love to know how that job interview went because like one question that's commonly asked i feel like or broached in some way is why the person left their previous position i would i would love to know i would love to be a fly on that wall and to hear oh well yes the person in your previous position quit because our house may or may not be haunted we don't think it's haunted but she found it haunted enough to leave that would that seems like a fun fun time yeah 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 so a few hours later after uh maria bumgarner's sister left uh every person at the hinterkaifeck farm would be dead would what would be dead that's what i thought you said yeah so it's impossible to reconstruct the exact events of the evening without some speculation because like i said everybody that was there died so there's no witnesses and um as we'll get to it in a little bit um the bodies weren't found immediately so that kind of loses a little bit of uh evidence that probably could have been present and again it was 1922 so we're not working with the uh most advanced technology but um some details were clear after the investigation and it appears that in the late evening victoria gabriel and her seven-year-old daughter kazelia and her parents andreas and kazelia were lured to the farm barn through the stable where they were murdered one at a time oh yeah uh the perpetrator or perpetrators used a mattock which is a farming tool that's kind of shaped like a pick like a pickaxe and has a chisel end on it and this 
um, farming instrument belonged to the family, and um, this person or persons killed the family with blows to the head, which is really fucking rough. No thanks. No thanks. No, no thanks. Big no Um, thanks. It's unclear if the family went to the barn as part of a regular routine, you know, to, like, check on stuff around the farm, see what's going on, or if something out of the ordinary caused them to visit this part of the, the property. Because, like I said, it's, it's a, a farmstead, so there's a bunch of different buildings on this property. So how and why did every single person go to the barn? Yeah. Weird. That's... Um, Yikes. The perpetrator moved from the barn through the stable into the living quarters where with the same weapon he killed or they killed the maid Maria Bumgardner in her bedchamber and presumably they killed Yosef last as he slept in his bassinet in his mother's bedroom. No! Yeah. Yeah, a little oh. two-year-old. Really, really gross. That's fucked up. So, what's a little more fucked up is that Four days passed between the murders and the discovery of the bodies. What? That's yeah. That's got to be pretty fucking ripe. Yeah, you're telling me. On April 1st, coffee sellers Hans and Edward Shrivosky. It looks like like Shrivosky. Sure. Uh, <laughs> they arrived at Hinderkaifek to place an order. And when no one responded to the knocks at the door and the window, they walked around the yard and found nobody. They only noticed that the gate to the machine house was open before they decided to leave. Kazelia Gabriel was absent without an excuse the next few days of school, and the family failed to show up for Sunday worship, which was very out of the ordinary for them. On Monday, April 3rd, the postman, Josef Mayer, was delivering the mail at Hinterkaifeck when he noticed that Saturday's mail was still where he had left it and nobody had been in the yard. Assembler Albert Hoffner went to Hinterkaifeck on April 4th to repair the engine of the food chopper. He stated that uh, he had not seen any of the family and had heard nothing but the sounds of animals, noting that he did hear a dog barking. That's honestly, that's a pretty dope mailman because... I hardly ever check my mail, and my mail person does not, not notice. If they you... don't do shit. They just post notes in my mail room saying, "Hey, collect your fucking mail." People, we're not going to say names, but Caitlin. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if my mail person at like my parents' house would definitely notice because my family, my, yeah. my parents are friendly with her. But uh, yeah, my apartment, I couldn't even tell you what my mail person looks like. I just never yeah. see them. No. No, I've seen them, but but it's because they park in my designated spot. And that's a whole other true crime. (laughs) One day we're going to have to do if if this person keeps parking in my spot. No, if this person keeps parking in my spot, you're going to need to come to the police station and we're going to need to do an episode from there because I'll have to turn myself in for murder. All right. Very strong feelings about this. I pay for the spot. It's it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. But anyway, this is. Uh, like a very small rural community so it's kind of like everyone kind of knows everybody Mm -hmm. so it's the kind of place where you notice if the same family doesn't show up to church right and obviously the school notices that uh kazelia is not in class and they're like this is weird nobody was given notice that these people were going away or what is going on yeah no so um 
After waiting for an hour, Albert Hofner, who was there for the repair, decided to start doing his work, and he completed it in roughly four and a half hours. After the repair, he noticed that the barn door was open, but couldn't say for certain whether it had been open when he got there. He didn't know if, while he was working, just didn't hear people coming in and out. Um, he peeked into the barn, but didn't go inside. Uh, in Groburn, he met the daughter of the uh, village guide, Lorenz Schlittenbauer, and told them that the repairs at Hinterkaifeck were done. Hofner also told George Greger, the mayor of... I'm going to say Wagen? Wangen? But Elliot, Elliot says Vangen. <laughs> okay. It starts with a W. That seems right. Um, yeah, so uh, this repairman is telling the mayor of the like the biggest town that is near about the emptiness of Hinterkaifeck. So it's starting to get around that like shit's not right. Right. Like, there's, this is a whole operating farm. Like there should be people around. Yeah. Like, stuff should be going on as normal. Right. So uh, Schlittenbauer then sent his two sons... Uh, Johan and Josef to Hinterkaifeck to see if they can make contact with the family. And when they reported that they didn't see anyone, Schlittenbauer headed to the farm the same day with Michael Pohl and Jakob Siegel, at which time they discovered the mostly concealed bodies in the barn and the home. So, yeah. There's multiple people have gone to this property and, like, peeked around and didn't really see anything. But this is definitely like a different time and a different place, because if you remember back when we covered the Gypsy Rose Blanchard slash Dee Dee Blanchard case, people were being told by authorities, don't go on to the property, don't go into their house, don't do this, don't do that. So, yeah, you're disturbing evidence if there is a crime and you're kind of implicated, like you're kind of making yourself a a suspect at that point, because whose whose footprints are on the scene, but yours and if you touch something, your fingerprints are somewhere. So I think in any type of crime situation, you don't want to be moving around stuff or touching stuff or anything like that. But at the same time, would these people even have been fucking found if somebody hadn't? Yeah, that's true. I mean, it has been four days at this point. This is rough. So the day after the discovery of the bodies, court physician Johann Baptiste Amuller performed the autopsies in the barn and this was when it was established that the Maddox was most likely the murder weapon, though the weapon itself was not found on the scene. Evidence showed that the younger Kazelia had been alive for several hours after the assault. Oh my uh, god! Yeah, it's absolutely horrible. She had torn her hair out in tufts while lying no! on the straw. No! Yeah. Oh, that's so... Yeah. Oh, that's awful. Yeah, oh it was likely god. that she was... Yeah, everyone else was probably uh, dead when um, oh at the point God. of impact. But yeah, she she survived for several hours afterwards. How old which was she? Is, she was seven. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. No. Um, this is a little rough. The that's skulls of the victims. Rough? No, this this that's, is more rough. No, that's what I'm saying. Like after this, this next thing yeah. is only a little rough. Oh God. Yeah, so the skulls of the victims were sent to Munich, where clairvoyants examined them to no avail, which I didn't know that that was a thing that was done in 1922, where they tried, like, psychics to find out what happened. 
but cool. I mean, they cleaned up evidence, too, so I feel like anything yeah. went. Yeah, so ooh, the heads were lost. What? And yeah, they were possibly destroyed in the Allied bombings of World War II. Okay, okay, that's that's a little like not understandable. I'm no, not a I'm not a supporter of war, but at the same time, at least it's not like they just poof disappeared and like they there's lost no like six question heads. around it. They still lost six heads. That's still a big fucking deal. But at the same time, at least it's not like we have no possible ideas as to what could have happened. Yeah, it's possibly destroyed in the bombings, but right, six heads are missing now. Exactly. Yeah. So while doing the um, the investigation. Police first suspected that the motive was robbery, and they interrogated traveling craftsmen, vagrants, and several inhabitants of the surrounding villages. Um, But there were large amounts of money found in the house, and they abandoned this theory because they're like, why didn't anyone take anything if robbery was the the main motive? Uh, It was clear that the perpetrator or perpetrators remained at the farm for several days after. Nah. while people were poking around this property, there's likely the person who did it there. That's because, too creepy. Yeah. Someone had fed the cattle, what? Uh, eaten the entire supply of bread from the kitchen, and recently cut meat from the pantry. Oh, so they made themselves a sandwich, made sure that the animals got fed. Yeah. And then they left, like everything was fine. Yeah, that seems totally normal to me. You know, neighbors even reported smoke coming from the chimney all weekend. Nah, Mm -mm. not here for it. Not about it. No. Mm -hmm. Mm -mm. Yeah. So the perpetrator would have easily found the money if robbery had been the intention, but uh, everything remained untouched and there was no clear motive to be taken from the crime scene. So the police began to formulate a list of suspects. So Inspector... George Reingruber and his colleagues from the Munich Police Department investigated the killings, and there was a list of more than 100 suspects that were questioned throughout the years, with most recent questioning being in 1986. Again, these crimes happened in 1922. So this this case is a a big deal, a big unsolved case. Like, oh, God. It's it's the fucking maid. The maid did it. If the butler did it, then the maid can do it too. The old maid? Either maid. Both maids. The maids. That's Why an interesting not? theory. The Papian sisters. We don't know. Yeah, right? The old maid theory is, is interesting because she would have knowledge of... Uh, how to feed the cows. Where how, the bread and the well, sandwiches yeah. are. But like he would have knowledge of the routine of the uh, the inhabitants. I don't know if the maid was ever... On this list, I have a couple people on the list of, of suspects that I'm going to talk about. Bitch, this is it. I solved the case. It's the maid. Possibly. The formerly, that's what we need to title this now, the formerly unsolved case of, <laughs> insert the German word, please. Hinterkaifeck? Thank you. Yeah. Bless you. <laughs> um, I believe, I mean, I, I was doing the investigation the maid that quit the day before would probably be on my list of like top 10 people. I would be like, Hey, what the fuck's going on over here? Well, plus back in the day, remember TBT to our Chicago episode, women were not seen as being capable of this shit. Exactly. Yeah. 
and hashtag equality. We're very capable of this shit, especially if you park in our designated pay for parking spots. Ouch. Yeah, that's right. All right, then. Well, none of the questioning of any of the suspects ever yielded any conclusive results. But some of the more interesting suspects included Carl Gabriel, who was the husband of Victoria Gabriel, and he reportedly had been killed in December 1914 during the First World War, but his body had never been recovered. And if you've ever seen any movie ever, if there's no body, that means they're not dead. I'm making that assumption that he was alive. So after the murders, people began to speculate if he was dead, uh, if he had died in the war. Victoria Gabriel had given birth to Yosef illegitimately at her, in her husband's absence. And two-year-old Yosef was rumored to be the son of Victoria and her father, Andreas. Oh, dun 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 yeah apparently they had an incestuous relationship that Ew. was allegedly documented in court and known in the village Ooh, ooh, yeah it's a little icky yeah not cool no so, not cool incest because cool of this kids. yeah because of this some theorize that carl gabriel killed the family to seek revenge and although so soldiers from his regiment testified to his death and the police were inclined to believe them, this theory gained new interest over the years after people reportedly uh, said that they had seen Gabriel or um, could confirm that he had exchanged identities with a fallen comrade. Oh, bitch. I mean, people have seen Hitler in South America. I mean, these stories, they don't always mean anything. Yeah. I don't know. It, that's, that's one theory. Okay. Obviously, everyone thinks he's dead, so he was not brought into questioning so right exactly there was that then there was lorenz schlittenbauer and he had carried on a relationship with victoria gabriel in 1918 shortly after the death of his first wife and it's possible that he had fathered yosef as his initials appear on the boy's birth certificate okay Very interesting yeah that's interesting yeah one possibility is that he killed the family because victoria had come home uh, had come after him for alimony. Oh. Yeah. It was suspected by locals as the, um, as the perpetrator because of several telling acts he committed during the discovery of the bodies. Um, when they came to investigate, Schlittenbauer and his friends had to break the gate because all the doors were locked. After finding right. the four bodies in the barn, his two companions left the stable shocked while Schlittenbauer went alone into the house which he seemed to know very well. Interesting. Huh. And as he went, he said he was looking for his son. Also very interesting. Yeah, that's a little bit, that's a little bit Marlon from Finding Nemo-esque. And who <laughs> yeah, wouldn't do anything for their son? Yeah. Even when murder? He, yeah. When mm -hmm. he entered the house, the other men clearly heard him unlock the front door with a key and it seemed that this might be the key that had gone missing the days before the murders. Though it's possible that Schlittenbauer might have had a key for any number of other reasons, which I guess, again, small town, everybody kind of knows each other. He kind of dated the, uh, the daughter, so maybe he had a key to their house. I don't know. I, think I don't know. Weird. Technically, none of us know. This is yeah. all speculation. 
So Schlittenbauer had also disturbed the bodies at the scene, ruining the initial investigation, which, like we said, if you stumble on a crime scene, don't fucking touch anything. No. Unless you want to be uh, implicated. Uh, still, he said that he had done it because he was looking for his son, Yosef. Before his death in 1941, Schlittenbauer conducted and won several civil claims for slander against people who described him as the murderer of Hinterkaifeck. Okay. Well, that's not good. There's a couple of other, uh, like, groups of people that, um, mainly, like, brother teams, I guess. If you look on, like, the, the Wikipedia article for this, there's the Gump brothers, who allegedly had a relationship with Victoria. I guess she's getting around. Hey, she's allowed um, to get around. I mean, good for her. Yeah. But also, everybody that she's had a relationship with is, like, implicated in this. True. True. In this crime. I mean, love hurts. Love scars. Love does that other thing that I don't remember the lyrics to. All right. I felt like I had to burp, but I didn't. Oh, anyway. love you. So, yeah, there's the, the Thaler brothers. Okay. The Bischler brothers. I don't think I said that right. Nelly, it's not really listening. Um, and then a man named Peter Weber or Weber. I, I mean, if I'm we're not going to start now. V, like, yeah, but if we're not start, if we're only starting now, what, like 30 minutes in. I don't know, man. You had If you want to read more about the uh, those suspects, you can. I wasn't going to go into, like, too many. I just picked the, the ones that I think were the most interesting. But despite repeated arrests, no murder has ever been found, and the files were closed in 1955. And like I said, the last interrogations took place in 1986. In 2007, students of the police academy in First and Feldbrook, I'm definitely Americanizing that real hard, but that's what it looks like it says. So the, uh, the students there examined the case using modern criminal investigation techniques, and they concluded that it was impossible to definitely, definitively solve the crime after so much time had passed, which, yeah, it was in 1922 and you're trying to solve it in 2007. They didn't keep a lot of, uh, a lot of things that probably could have helped. I mean, they lost the heads, so that's some evidence that probably could have helped somebody. Um... The primitive investigation techniques available at the time of the murders yielded little evidence, and in the decades since the murders, evidence was lost, like the heads, and suspects have since died. And despite these setbacks, the students did establish a prime suspect, but did not name the suspect out of respect for the still-living relatives. Which, okay, I guess, if you're going to go that way. But Mm. if if it's the prime suspect, then... Should they get that respect? That, you know, that's a very good question. Like, if they are the the most likely person to do that crime, then, I don't know. I guess, I guess it's not the relative's fault. If the prime suspect has since passed, then it doesn't make sense to make the, uh, the innocent family feel like shit. Yeah, that's very true. 
I don't know. It's a good point. No, <coughs> I know. I know. Nobody really knows, but it's a good point. Yeah. I just it's just frustrating because like oh yes any any cold case you're like I just want to know what happened like to at least give peace to the surviving uh family like the extended family yeah but uh so afterwards the the uh deceased family are buried in the cemetery in uh Wadehofen and there's a memorial stone that was erected at the grave. The skulls of the dead were last kept in a justice building in Augsburg and were, like I said, likely destroyed. So they're buried without their skulls, which is very sad. But at least they put up a very nice uh, memorial. Right. And the farm was demolished in 1923. Okay. So the year after yeah. all of this happened. And it's not possible that the skulls could have been, for whatever reason, demolished when the farm was demolished? Or destroyed when the farm was demolished? No, no, because they, they were lost after the autopsies. Okay, so they knew where they were at the... Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So, um, to get into like some of the pop culture about it... Woohoo! Lots of it, lots of it is in German, so let's see if Elliot can say some German things. <laughs> hey, Elliot! And now, some German things with Elliot. Come help me say German things. Helping you say German things? Yep. Oh I'm going to get them over here. So there's a lot of uh, books that were written about it and kind of speculation. Um, there's a series of articles by Josef Ludwig Hecker um, in what is this publication? Schrobenhausener Zeitung. Yeah. So they were published in uh, in this, I guess, I don't know what it is. Magazine? Newspaper? Um, sure. It revived interest in the murders. The Munich journalist Peter Lauschner? Leuschner. Leuschner. He wrote two books with the title. Go ahead. Hinterkaifeck der Mordfall. And... Spüren eines Mysteriosen Verbrechens. He wrote those in 1979 and 1997. The second book is an extension of the first. And Leishner? Leishner. Uh, yeah. no, Leishner. Leishner quotes the original police files in his novels. Uh, sorry, in his books. Uh, the documentary film Hinterkaifeck. You're up. Symbol des Unheimlichen was in 1981 and it's based on Leuch Leuchner. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I got it. <laughs> it's based on his book. Um, Hans Fegert yep. adapted the book, directed the film, and it was shot on Super 8 with sound. Uh, and he was also the cameraman, so he was way in it. And it was shown regularly in Ingolstadt, which is one of the towns over from where the uh, crimes happen. Ten years later, Reinhard Kleilich. 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 He had a play called Hinterkaifeck. Deutschlands. Uh, oh, Lord. <laughs> uh, ge hold on. Uh, get rid of the highlight. Uh, Geheimniswolster. Ge Geheimniswolster. Mordfall. Yeah. 
That was his play in 1991. It was produced at the same time. Kurt K. Hyber produced another documentary shot on location and uh, shown on television in local cinemas. Okay. Also in 1991, radio station Funkhaus Ingolstadt aired a documentary. Oh my god. Hinter Kaifek auf den Spuren eines Oh lord, Mörders. And, and the Abendzeitung uh, München. Uh, it ran a series of articles called... Die Sex... <laughs> I almost spit on the microphone, sorry. Oh, Die God. Sex Toten vom Eindhof Bayerns Reizelhaftestes Verbrechen. Oh, God, I hope that's right. It's better than anything I could have done. Reizelhaftestes. Um, uh, <laughs> you're giving up now it's fine uh hinter kaifek which is hinter and kaifek two separate words uh is a mystery thriller from 2009 made by director esther Gronenborn, and it was produced by monica that's monica right yeah, monica, monica ray bell ray bell and starred benno Furman. 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 And Alexandra Maria Lara, and it has a 5.1 out of 10 on IMDb. That's not bad. That's yeah, it's pretty, really not that bad. That's pretty good for a film that's not like international, or that is international and not necessarily mainstream. Like yeah. that's pretty. That's pretty impressive, especially because there are a lot of haters who happen to just be American out there. That's true. Yeah. Um, there's also in 2017. The last chapter of The Man from the Train by Bill James and his daughter, Rachel McCarthy James, briefly discusses the murders at Hinterkaifeck. The authors explain the possibility that the German crimes might have been committed by Paul Mueller, uh, the titular serial killer the authors believed killed several families in the U.S. under similar circumstances between 1898 and 1912. The murders attributed to Mueller... Uh, included the Visalia Axe murders and were apparently random nighttime home invasions in or near small railroad towns that left entire families bludgeoned to death with the blunt end of an axe and were probably uh, motivated by statistic and necrophilic attraction to prepubescent girls. The authors rate the chances of Mueller as the Hinterkaifeck killer as more or less a toss-up, but conclude there's no real reason to believe that it's not him. Okay. Very interesting theory. Yeah. Sounds fake, but okay. <laughs> Sounds fake, but all right. Uh, the last one is that this um, crime was featured on an episode of BuzzFeed Unsolved, who we love. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Hmm. But that's pretty interesting. I thought, yeah, I thought it was a really interesting case. Yeah. Now I want to know who did it. This is what I don't like about unsolved cases is like, I want to know and I want to know now. Yeah, exactly. There's so many articles that have uh, like the most, the, the gruesome tale of the unsolved Hinterkaifeck murders. Um, there's one article that said that the Hinterkaifeck axe murder was named after a hundred years. Spoiler alert. No one knows. Um, people try to throw out like different small facts that people know and trying to piece things together. This is one that's like, it's not documented well enough. 
that it, it's it's not like the um the golden state killer case oh yeah that that's true there's there's a lot more information that you can go off of in 1922 germany was uh about to hit some shit so uh they were worried about some other stuff yeah but seems about right i don't know i really think that case is very very interesting so there's that. And like we said at the beginning, you can go to all of our social medias and find more information. I'll post like a lot of different uh, links to some articles and you can draw your own conclusions. Yeah. What she said. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Sorry it's a short one this week, but I hope I it was interesting. I don't think it's that short. It's what, like 40 minutes? That's not too bad. We've done worse. We've done worse things. It's a nice it's a nice commute one. Yes. Yes, unless you're commuting in LA. Then Gross. we need like 6 of these. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we will see you next Tuesday. Tuesday. Took me a minute, Tuesday. but I got there. Yeah. Yeah. The next one. The next one. The next Tuesday. That's when we'll see you. Thanks. Bye. Bye.